Okay, today's this week's Parsha, Parsha's bow, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, getting into the Parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, as we get into the next three Parshios, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsov, Maimad Arsinai, it's all one after another after another, and we start off with the last three Makos in this week's Parsha, Arba Choshech HaMakas Bechoros, and we start off with the first Pasuk. The first Pasuk, Vayom HaShem HaMoshe, Bo El Paro. Come to Paro. Not going to talk about this year. Why doesn't it say Lech El Paro? Which would have been more straightforward, as we've touched on. Bo El Paro. Ki aniach badati aslibo v'eslev avadav. I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants. L'ma'an shisi oso sai ela b'kirbo. So that I will place my signs in him. Ulama'an and to l'ma'ans. Number one, Laman, in order that, Laman Shisi Oso Sa'ela Bekirbo. So that I will place my signs in him. U Laman, and also Laman Tesafer Ba'azne Vincho Vincha, so that you will tell your children and grandchildren, everything that I did, that's Oso Sa'ashar Samti Bam, and all the Osos that I did. Second time it says Osos, Vidatem Kiani Hashem. And you will know that I am God. The simple interpretation of this Pasik. Who is Hashem talking to and who is, Hashem is ref- who, is, who is Hashem referring to? Because if we look at it closely, it's somewhat difficult. Hashem says to Moshe, go to Paro because I hardened his heart so that I shall place the signs and that your children will talk about it. What does Moshe going to Paro have to talk with the Klal Yisrael's children talking about it. It's as if Boel Paro is a lead. And go to Paro, and through this going to Paro, just reading the Pesukim, go to Paro, I will harden his heart, and I will place the signs in him, and you'll be able to tell your children about it. Is Boel Paro a hakdama for that? Just say, I'm going to do these, these makos. The simple interpretation of the Pesukim is that we are clearly referring to Am Yisrael. I'll put these signs in him, and Pasuk Beis... Is about us. Says the Ksav Kabbalah, though, there's another understanding, and he says this, he thinks, is Pshuto Shel Mikra. But we don't spend enough time learning Ksav Kabbalah. Rav Mecklenburg, one of the greats from the 1800s, so I'll at least do, <coughs> do one tonight. Says the Ksav Kabbalah. Let's start with line number seven. And we are going to see out of this Ksav Kabbalah. Two sources tonight. This is the first one. The Yisod and the purpose of all the Makos, which we might not have thought of in the past. But now we will see what the purpose of the Makos are. Ki ani hechvaditi, ratzel omar, hoda leparo, I have told paro, shekol ha-makos asher kemasa kaved, yechabdu alibo, enam ki im, lamantiena le'enehem ososai. My Makos, paro, for you to know, Laman Shisi Oso Sa'ela Bekirbo says Aksava Kabbalah is talking to Paro. And as we'll see, even the second Pasuk, according to the Aksava Kabbalah, is, re- is going to be referring to Paro. Ratzaloma Ra'ayos Moftios Hamoros Alai Fiamitas Havayasi Vanagasi. My Osos, go to Paro, I will harden his heart so that I will place my Osos in him. So who recognizes? So that he recognizes. So that his descendants recognize that I am the one. Throughout the Makos, we have Paro saying, Mi Hashem, I don't know who he is, I don't recognize, who is this Elohim? 
The purpose of the Makos Paro is for you. According to the Ksav Kabbalah. Ula v'tam l'man shisi, l'man yischazku toch anshei artso, osos v'rayos hamaros alai. So that I will place the Makos and the plagues in the Egyptian people and they will recognize. On my atzmias, that I exist. And he continues that it's not only for them, but it's also for later generations. Which later generations? We read the Psukim, the Svarno says it explicitly. The simple interpretation that we would have thought is it's talking about us. That's a Pesach Pasik. Says the Ksava Kabbalah, now Pasik Beis. So that you say, this is what Hashem is telling Moshe to tell Paro. That's Pasik Beis. I'm putting these osos. Your children. Dugmas Sha'amar Moshe Laparo, like Moshe elsewhere said, Bavrzos Hemaditicha Laman Saper Shimi Bechal Haaretz. Because of you, I have not killed you yet. I keep you around so that you will declare my name throughout the land. As we know, the Medrash tells us the next week, Parsha. What does it say by Kriyas Yamsuf? Everybody until the last one was killed. Ad Velo Ad Until the last one. But there was one left. And that, of course, was Paro. That was the one Mitzri that was not drowned. Why? So that he could testify about what happened. And he could tell future generations of Mitzriim about what happened. If all of them would have been wiped out, who's going to let every, the whole world know? What, the Jewish people are going to say, oh, this is what God did for us? Who's going to believe us? I mean, whenever we say anything that God did for us, nobody believes us. If another nation says something about the Jewish people, oh, then already he has some Nehemanus. Then it can be believed. The power had to be left alive. Both took him. Pasuk Aleph and Pasuk Beis is a reference to Paro and his descendants. Ah, you might ask, says the Ksava Kabbalah, and I always pick up on this, says the Ksava Kabbalah, but didn't the, te- <coughs> the form of the Pasuk change? The first Pasuk is talking in third person about the Mitzrayim. Laman shisisi ososa'ela bikirbo. And all of a sudden, Laman tasafar ba'azne bincha, uved bincha, all of a sudden the tense changed. It was talking about him, it's now talking about you. It says the Ksav HaKabbalah, that's found commonly in the Torah. V'yein ta'ina, misha'amar krakama balasho nistar, v'krada basrei balasho nochach, just because it's third person and then first person, not a problem. Kichain derech haksuve baharmi makomos. And he gives an example that we've said a million times in our life. V'yasulahem tzitziz, uri'isamoso. They will make tzitziz and you shall see it. One right after the other. We went from they to you. That's what the Torah talks about. A they and then a you, but talking about the same object. So first, says the Ksav Kabbalah, that's the Pshad and the Pesukim. Now we go a little deeper and he says, and let me explain what Paro's mistake has been over the past number of Makos, and he's not going to get it until the end. Vitam klal yediyazu Why am I making... Moshe, why, why am I telling you this? 
And the Ketav HaKabbalah says, why is Hashem telling Moshe to tell Paro that I'm going to leave you alive? I'm leave you alive for all the Makos. And even afterwards, so that you tell your descendants, If you would have asked Paro, after Maka number four, why is Hashem bringing plagues upon my people? If you would have done an interview for the news, why do you think HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing this? He would have said, well, he wants me to let them free. And I'm not letting them free. Tough on him. I don't know who he is. And I'm keeping them. The answer is, that's not the purpose. Says the Ksav Kabbalah, the first nine Makos, their purpose was not to get power to Lepanei Yisrael out. Because what? God, Kodesh Baruch Hu tried a Maka and it didn't work? He tried Maka. Oh, this Maka is to let the Jews out. Oh, Paro didn't let him out. I'll try again. And only time number 10, oh, finally succeeded. Chas v'shalom. Can't say that about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says HaKsav HaKabola, the first nine Makos had nothing to do with Yisias Mitzrayim. That was only number 10. Number 10 was the first time HaShem said, okay, I'm going to do something now, you're going to let the Jews out? And that's what happened. The first nine was to prove HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence little by little, breaking the outer hard shell of Paro and his advisors and his people until ultimately they all recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem Hu HaElokim. Says the Ksav Kabbalah, back to line 18. V'tam klal yediyah zu leparo, acharishi adanu, ki makas pechoros levada, only makas pechoros, haisa miyu edes mimenu yisbarach, was miyu'ad from him, lahoti baz yisrael lecheros. Only number 10. Right, it's an amazing question. Think about it. If we say, oh, why were, yes, the average person, why did Hashem read the makas? To let the Bnei Yisrael out. What, Hashem didn't, did it, did it work the first time? So you can say, oh, Hashem was doing it in stages. No, but then we have to say, the first nine didn't have to do that. The first nine were to prove, as the Pesukim say. And Paro didn't get that. Paro thought that they were all about letting the Jews free. And that's why he, he was so thick. And he, and he couldn't fathom another Makkah, but I, I stood my ground. I succeeded. No, he didn't succeed. He didn't realize what the purpose of the Makkah was. They call Makos Akodmosla, Lobowalov Kiim, why? Lahakiram, Ulahaviam, Liadios Ha Amitios Hakololos. The purpose of the first nine Makos were to bring the Egyptian nation to realize that there is a Jewish nation about to be born, and they have one God, and they're going to be in Orla Goyim, and I'm Amlechas Khanim, Fagoy Kadosh, Lahodos Bimitsias Hamhaveko Yasbara, to recognize and admit that there is a godly reality. And a person has to subjugate himself and humble himself and listen. And that is why What are all the makos called? Ososai, my signs. What's a sign? A sign is something that you see to help identify a certain place. Right? You're at a building. You see a sign on the outside of the building. Oh, I'm in the right place. And I'm in the right place. That's the purpose of a sign. The purpose of a sign is to give me information. To let me know what, what, what I'm coming to. When I see a sign that says, you know, animal crossing. So I know there are going to be animals at this crossing. When I see an os from God, I know, oh, God's here. That's why it's called ososai. Ratzaloma Rayos Ha Morosalai. 
Rayos that reflect me. And then he quotes a Yiddish phrase. Maybe German. German phrase. Velios. The Amar. And the only problem is because Moshe started every warning of every Maka with the words, from that, Paro made a mistake. He thought that preface to each warning meant that was the purpose of the Maka. He was mistaken. That's not the purpose. Even though Moshe also mentions along the way the ultimate purpose of the Makkah, to let it be known Paro didn't get it. Paro missed the pot, and he thought it was all about letting the Jews free, and that's why. That's all he kept focusing on. Slowly, slowly, he realizes <coughs> that he's not in charge, and at the end, that he didn't know, but that was the purpose. And that's these psukim. These two psukim, says Aksava Kabbalah, are both referring, it's all referring to the Egyptians. Right? We have a different passage in the Torah about the Jews. That's all about the Jews. But here, says the Ksala Kabbalah, I'm hard, go tell Paro, and I'm hardening his heart, so that, these Osos in him, but they're going to do it, just like the Jews are going to do tzitzis. The Egyptians are going to have these Osos, and they're going to say over to their children, and they're going to recognize, Vidatem Kiyani Hashem. Right? And you will know that I am God. That's talking about them. It's not talking about us. Okay. Number one. Next up. So we have the three makos. The last three makos in our parsha, as is pointed out, the gematria of Bo is three, last three makos, and Arbe, Choshech, and makos Bechoros. Perak Yud, Let's say something about Choshech. So we have Arbe to start, the locusts. We've spoken about that in the past. It says, the Maka of Choshech. Spread your hand on the heavens. There shall be darkness. The Yamesh Choshech. And you shall be able to feel the darkness. It will be tangible, the darkness. The Ramban, we've mentioned in past years, discusses that this darkness wasn't just the absence of light, which is most darkness, but this was a positive creation, like a fog, a thickness. The Ebenezer writes here, like those who go out far on the Atlantic, they get caught in a fog, and you can't see. That's the thick darkness, says the Ebenezer, says the Ramban. So we have the darkness. So he did it. Moshe sticks up his hands. Three days of darkness. Then the Torah continues. No one saw each other. And no one got up. Shloshes yamim. Again, three days. But Klai Yisrael had light. Rashi, based on Chazal, explain why does it say three days and three days? There were two stages here. Two stages. Three days of one level of Choshech, and three days on the next level of Choshech, says Rashi. Choshech shall ofel, shall osan yamim. Three days they couldn't see. They couldn't see anything. It was what we might call cave darkness. It's not darkness that you get used to. 
couple minutes in a dark room, suddenly your eyes get used to it. But imagine the first moment we go into a dark room and we don't get used to it. Pitch black. That was what it was the first three days. And then another three days, a double choshech. If you were sitting, you couldn't stand up for three days. Right? Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Three days. Right? You can't go more than three days without eating and drinking. So, three days. And then they ate and drank. Wonderful. We know the Chazal. But then Rashi adds, So why did he bring Choshech? Why did Hashem bring Choshech? Well, what's the Midah Kenege Midah? Four-fifths of the Jewish people, amazingly, did not want to leave. It's okay. We'll deal with it. And they died during those three days of darkness. So that the Mitzrayim did not see their fall and they didn't say, you know, they're also being hit like us. They didn't say that. It would have been, would have been a chil Hashem. So that is why they say the the three days happened, and then the second three days happened. They couldn't move for that next for that for that next level. So that's why it happened. Pshat number one of Rashi. The oh, then Rashi goes another pshat. Shechipsu Yisrael v'roas kalehem. It gave the Jews a chance. To look in all the cupboards and look in all the areas of the Egyptians and see what they have. Ukishayatsu. So when they were going to leave in a couple of days, and they asked the Mitzrayim, um, you have anything? Uh, you know, I could really use some food. I could really use. They say, oh, I'm so, I would love to give you. I, would, I, I just don't have anything. I would really. You know, you've been my gr- such a great servant for us for 210 years. We go way back. I just, my, my, I haven't been to the bank in a while. I'm sorry. Uh, can I just check that drawer over there? Can I just see that uh, under the bed? Under the bed. B'nai Yisrael, no. And that's why. So, two pshat and Rashi gives. Why? Choshech, number one, so that the Jews who didn't want to go out could die. And number two, so that B'nai Yisrael would be able to search and know where everything was. Asks the Osiris HaTorah a simple question. Quoting from the <coughs> other early, earlier Mepharshi Rashi, the Mizrahi and others. Choshech is Maka number nine. This is the first time that Rashi asked the question, Lama. This is the first time that Rashi asks, why did Hashem bring this Maka? The Midrashim talk about the Midah Kenegad Midah of all the Makos. Why blood, you know, attack their... Their, uh, their life source, why frogs? Right. But here Rashi says, why? Shoshech? And he gives two reasons. Ask the Mizrahi. Ask other Mepharshi Rashi. Source number two. Source number two. Why all of a sudden here is Rashi bothered? More than all the other Makos. It's a great question. Nothing wrong with it. But what about the first eight Makos? Why only here does he mention it? Says the Otsra Satora. Nero Levar a straightforward, simple, but insightful point. What made Choshech different than all the other Makos? And the Torah says it. It's the only Maka that had two stages. It's the only Maka that didn't just start it the same way it ended. It's all the same. 
Frogs. They were frogs. That's it. Frogs. All the frogs. It was lice. All the animals died. Boils. It was straight to start to finish. All of a sudden, we have Makas Choshech. Two different stages of Makas Choshech. There's obviously something deeper here. Nira Levar Bazel line 11. Dehine Yesh Lehisponein. Madua Shone Haisa Makas Choshech. Mikola Makos. Why is Choshech different? Tekola Makos Boal Mitzrayim. Bekola Hazayin Yamim. Baosetsura Loloshinuyim. All the seven days, same Mako, without any changes. The Ilu Makas Choshech. Begilliam and Rishonim. Haya Choshech Laro Esazachiv. Just as we saw. You have the second stage where nobody can get up. That's even the first half of this Rashi. We, that's why we read it. The first half of the Rashi explains the two stages and Rashi right away goes into. So why do we have Makas Choshech? That's exactly why Rashi asks it here. All the Makas, okay, Kodesh Baruch has his reasons. But why did here did this change in the middle? Venira, line 15. Shemachmas Kush Yuzu. That's why Rashi has to keep talking. Because Rashi is trying to explain why the two stages, and Rashi gives two reasons. And each reason parallels one of the stages. What is it? What's the first time? They shouldn't see the Jews dying. Stage one is, is enough. Stage one is pitch black. Can't see anything. Stage one is enough for reason one. So why do you need stage two that they couldn't move? Ah, because there's a second reason. Imagine the Jews were poking around in the Egyptian. If they heard something going on, they would have moved. They would have stopped. What's going on there? I can't see. What are you doing? They couldn't move. Stage two, because there's a second reason. Rashi's not just saying, what's the Mita Kedegad Mita? Rashi's bothered. Why the two stages of this Makkah? Ah, stage one is for this reason. Stage two is for that reason. So that they won't be mafria them. They won't bother them as they look through their their houses. So, the depth of Rashi. Rashi telling us, the important part is not only what Rashi says, but what Rashi doesn't say, and where he says it. And where he says it. There's another reason given, not in Rashi, but in the Medrash, for Makas Choshech also. The Otsos HaTorah continues. If you look on the top of the next page, on page 3, the Medrash Haggadah quotes, and in some of the picture Haggadahs, you have a picture of this. Tam Acher, but Madua Hevia Kreshbrachu Mitzri Makas Bachars. Why? Amru Kishahaya Mitzri Soe Balayla. Every night when the Mitzri went about his business and ate, Hayamavi Es Yisraelu Moshivo Kinegdo. He brought the Jew to sit down on the floor next to him. Umadzlikes Haneru Maniaches Arosho. He took a lantern and put it on top of the Jew's head and told the Jew, "Don't move." And he forced him to stay like that for hours. We omer lo. And we always have to think about it. In Mitzrayim, it was terrible. It was terrible. The babies into the river. You have to realize how, how, how unbelievable 
crusades, pogroms, Mitzrayim. We suffered so much. Viomerlo, and this is what they made the Jews do, stay there. Viomerlo, re'eh, shalot, tateh, l'kan, l'kan, don't, don't move. Don't turn that way, don't turn this way. Imlav, because if, if you move, then you're not going to make it through the night. Animatizas roshcha. So therefore, what? You hold my light? I'm turning off your light, says God. Uledvarav akoshi bivkoma omedes. If that's the reason of Choshech, so now let's get back to the original question. Why two stages? Why two stages? If what? Okay, the Jew was holding a light, so you turned off the light. Why do you need the two stages? Everything is perfectly As much as Bnei Yisrael were tortured, Hashem tortured them. The by the fact that the Mitzri brought the Jew to sit there with the light on his head, that was two sufferings that the Jew was caused to suffer. Number one, he wasn't able to see his family, his friends. He wasn't, wasn't able to see them. And number two, he couldn't interact with them. He couldn't move with them. He couldn't see them. And he couldn't be with them and move with them. First three days you can't see. Next three days you can't move. Both reasons, the one, the two reasons given in Rashi and the reason given in the Medrash has a parallel why there were two stages to the Makkah of Bechorus. Makkah of uh, Choshech. Okay, so we spoke about the introduction to the Parsha. We spoke about Choshech. Now let's get to Makkah's Bechorus. Makas Bechorus. Question. When did it happen? When exactly did Makas Bechorus happen? So the Torah tells us. The Torah tells us. By Revi'i, Perakud Aleph Pasuk Dalet. By Yomer Moshe Koamar Hashem. So says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kachatzos halayla ani yotzei besoch b'tzrayim. Like at Chatzos. Kichatzos ani yotzei besoch b'tzrayim. I'm going to go out. There'll be a great scream, like there never was, even though earlier in the Torah there was a Tsa'akagdola Umara by Esav Arasha. Nothing compares to a whole country screaming. No dog will open its mouth. And they will finally know, this is the Makkah, like the Tzavah Kabbalah says. This is the one whose purpose is to let them out. The first nine were to prove God. This one is to let them out. Kachatzos alayla. Question, why chatzos? Why at that very moment? Okay, one could say, well, that just worked out to be the moment that they were on the 49th level of Tumah. They would have stayed another second. Then, then they couldn't, wouldn't have been able to come out. Okay, it, wow, it's pretty... That's a major coincidence. Mamashev Chatzos. That's exactly when time ran out for the 49th level of Tumah. And another second, 50th, and you're no, no longer identified as Zerah Avraham, and we'd be stuck there forever. Okay. But still, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu then orchestrate it that it was at Chatzos? The Kachatzos we're not getting into now. The Gemara at the beginning of Brachos, why did they say Kachatzos and not Chatzos? But why Chatzos? Says the Slanam Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom. Are you sowed about cycles of life? Cycles of life. 
Kachatzos halayla ani yotzei besof mitzrayim. Source number four. Yisod habria. Everything in this world, all creation, who ba'ofan detchila chashucha v'hadur nahora. Everything in life is darkness and then light. V'hanahora the basar chashocha who nahora gadol ma'od. And light after darkness is that much more appreciated. Less nahora elahu denafik migo chashocha. He quotes the Zohar. There isn't really any true light except that comes after darkness. Every prat, every detail in the world has this. Starting with, did we ever think about it? Why did Hashem make the world by Yerav Evoker? Why? Why does night precede day? Halachically, why does night precede day? Even secularly, right? The, the, after the night comes, comes the morning. There's always a night followed by the morning. Because the morning is so much more special being followed by the night. Imagine if HaKadosh Baruch created the world and the sun set once a year. HaKadosh Baruch could have created the world that way. sun goes very, very slowly and I will figure out about chakras and davenings. But let's say this, it would set once a year. So we wouldn't appreciate, you know, and, but there was still 24-hour periods. So we wouldn't appreciate it Right, like the places up north in uh, Greenland, uh, where where it's light out for for months straight. So you don't appreciate the morning or the light because it was light twenty hours ago and ten hours ago, and only when there's nighttime and then, because that's life. Life is vayhi erev, vayhi voker. Kamoshamar chazal zeh kibir yaso shel olam bereisha chashocha v'hadonahora, and he says. And that's what is true in the life of a person. When we are born, we are the most egotistical beings in the world. Babies don't care about their fellow babies or about anybody else in the world except themselves. They don't care that the parents had a difficult day. They want to eat four times a night and it doesn't really matter about anybody else. And as we grow older... Hopefully a little bit, a little Yetzir Tov starts to creep in, but it takes time. Because Yetzir Lev Ha'adam Ra Urav. Starts off with Ra. Starts off not being able to comprehend. Only later, only maturity, only after maturity sets in, then comes the light. But again, darkness before light. B'chayi Adam Shem Yadam Leida So Sholeit Bohara. Kamosha Torah Meretz. And then he says, it's not only about creation, it's not only about individuals, it's about Am Yisrael. What did Hashem promise us? I'm going to be with your descendants, Avram Avinu. But what does he tell us? For you're going to be Avadavinu Osam. What do we need that for? What do we need the Inui for? Kodesh Baruch Hu, I recognized you. Let's just, let's just start with Geula. Who needs Gullus? Who needs the darkness? Kodesh Baruch Hu says, no, this is the way, this is the way it has to be. Kasher Nikva Yehudam Shel Yisrael, Lios Ama Nivchar. When the destiny of the Jewish people was decided that they will be the chosen nation, Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu Lavraham, 
I know that you should know that they will be in a land that is not theirs, and they will be tortured. After that, will be amazing. Even before Abba Avinu had children, Hashem says, this is the way it has to be. This is how creation occurs. The creation of a world, the creation of an individual, the creation of a nation. You have to start with darkness. You have to start where the, after, the light after can be a contrast. You could call it growth. Can't, can't be. That's why a person is born as a baby. A person is not born as a mature adult. Right? Adam Arisha was created as a mature adult. And and all the animals, Chazal said, every animal was created. The first animal wasn't a baby. When gerbils were created, they weren't these little pink babies, and then they, they grew. A gerbil was created fully, a full gerbil. And uh, a full, full animals. Kodesh Baruch knows how to do that. See, he could have made, right, it would have been a little difficult, but could have created people. No. The point is we start out in the dark. We start out without knowledge. We start out without mitzvos. And then we grow. And we have to bring the light. It's got to be Geula only after the Gaulus. And then he quotes a little Arizal Api Kabbalah, which uh, I'm not going to go into right now. But then if you look on the second column on top, he says, now let's get back to our question. Why Chatzos? Says the Nesiva Shalom. What's chatos? What's the symbol of chatos? It's the ultimate in darkness. It's the ultimate. It's the high, or you call it the low, of darkness. As the Svarim say, The first half of the night still spiritually, metaphysically, is affected by the light of the previous day. And already, the next, the, the next 1201, the next day, it's already affected, it's already, you know, the next morning. You listen to the news at the 1201 a.m., they say, good morning. No, come on, it's not good morning, right? No, 12, it's already the morning, it's already affected by the next day. But 12 o'clock exactly at that moment, it's, it's pure darkness. It's not related to the previous day, it's not related to the next day. It's the ultimate in Chashchus, and that's exactly when the Makas Bechoras happens. Because the Geula comes from the darkest moment. It is the pinnacle, the zenith of the darkness. That's what it's all about. It's all about Gullus and Geula. That's how we view our lives. That's how we view Am Yisrael. And that's how we have to view every challenge that we are given in life. Whenever there's darkness, it's for the ultimate Geula afterwards. Sometimes, Rahman al-Islam, we might not see that Geula in our lifetime. Sometimes, Rahman al-Islam... We're only Zochet to Choshech. There are some people that are only Zochet to Choshech, but there is, and we believe that there is Geula afterwards. Because that's how the world functions. 
That's how Hashem created the world. First, b'tchila chashocha v'chadur nehor. Okay, moving right along. So, makas b'choros and paros had enough. Paros had enough. Pazaches, the yard to call v'dechei eila elai lemar. I'm sorry, first this is the sivoy. First we have the tzivoy. Go tell them this is Bachat Bechor, is going to happen, and there's going to be a scream, and B'nai Yisrael are going to leave, nobody's going to say a word, and you will set them free. And Moshe and Aaron turn around in a huff. They leave. That was Pasaches. Right after Pasaches, right, Hashem told Moshe, go tell Parah Bamachas Bechor, that's Pasach Dalad, Hei Vav Zayin Aches, then we would expect Perak Yud Beis, HaChodesh Ezelachem, Karban Pesach, and then we'll have the story of Makas Bechoros. But there are two psukim stuck in the middle that seemingly, if we focus on them, are totally extra. They're unneeded, and we would be able to understand the flow of the story perfectly without those two psukim. We have Perak, again, Perak Yud Aleph only has ten psukim in it. Perak, Pasuk Aleph Turches, Wonderful. Hashem tells Moshe, go tell him I'm going to be one more nega, makas bechoros, and it says, they told Paro and they left. Then we have two psukim. Let's read it. You have it there, the beginning of source number six. Vayomer Hashem al Moshe. Hashem says to Moshe, lo yishma alechem, perakir aleph, I gave you ches also. Ches is the previous one. But then it starts. Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, lo yishma alechem paro, laman vos mofsai be'eres misrayim. Paro's not going to listen to you. We know that already. He said that a number of times. Previous Pasuk. Moshe and Aaron did all the Moftim in front of Paro. Hashem hardened his heart and he didn't let him out. It sounds pretty repetitive. Pasuk test. Hashem tells Moshe, he's not going to listen to you. And Moshe and Aaron go and do all the Moftim and his heart is hardened and he does not send out an Yisrael from the land. Answer Schwab, what are these Tupsakim teaching me? It, it, we, know, we know all the information. It's as if these Tupsukim, and if you look, if you if we know for Bale Kriya, this is a parsha stuma. The stuma is like a set off, separate, independent parsha, as if it's an introduction to a Khodishazelachem. You need these Tupsukim here as a segue, as an introduction to Yisrael getting the first national mitzvah, HaChodesh HaZelachem. So what exactly is meant by these psukim? And that's Rav Schwab's question. Source number six on the right side. Parsha Ketan Zu shall base psukim stuma. Mazah, it's, it's sasum and it's sasum. It's literally sasum and figuratively it's closed off from our understanding. Mazah Shamalam HaKadosh Baruch Lachshav Lishvalechem Paro. We already know that. And we already know they did the mofsim and it didn't work. Says Rabbi Schwab. Bottom right, line nine. Hine. Rabbim b'bnei Yisrael kozman heyotam tachaz yad paro abdo avodazara. As we know, as we just mentioned, b'nei Yisrael were not so spiritual in Mitzrayim. They were pretty low. They were the 49th level of Tumah. The angels even complained. What schus do they have? They're also doing avodazara. They do avodazara. They do avodazara. So what schus do they have? What did Chazal say? What did the Torah say? They each have to pull. Carbon Pesach is the start of it. That's the start of weaning them from Avodazara. Mishchu Ukachu. What is Mishchu? Chazal tell us, top of the next column. Mishchu Yedechem Avodazara. 
pull your hands away from Avodah Zarah, and take the tzon. When did this happen? When did they designate? Tenth of Nisan. Right? Shabbos HaGadol. V'yazolachu be'asor lachodesh se'el le'pesach u'bitlu mashavdu Avodah Zarah. Slowly, slowly, in the process of preparing the whole year, as we'll talk about, and finally getting ready to do the current Pesach, that itself was helping Am Yisrael disconnect from everything that be, they've been involved in for so many decades. Line 7, the Yesh Lahavin, ask the Mayan Beis HaShoeva, ask Rabbi Schwab, how, how did they come to the, if they were doing Avodah Zarah, strong, Right, they were doing Avodah Zarah in a strong way, all the way until, into, all the way until Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Hashem says, Mishchol okay, we'll give it up. It, could, it couldn't have been that easy. Says Rabbi Schwab, and this as I alluded to before, we're going to learn two major Yisodos about the Makos. Number one was the Ksav Kabbalah we mentioned earlier, that the Makos, the first nine, were nothing to do with letting the Jews out. The first nine was to teach everybody Hashem's in charge, and the last one was to let the Jews free. So Yisod number two, says Rabbi Schwab, the Makos were just weren't, weren't only for the Mitzrayim. The Makas were for us. Because we also didn't know who HaKadosh Baruch Hu was. And even if we were Zochah and we did four things, Shloshinu HaShmam Lashonam, but we also forgot God. And we also forgot who we were. All the different Lashonos. Not only did the year of Makos Come to prove God to the Egyptians. Elisha Shimshua Mako is based off Gitim. Two purposes. Hakaras Hamitsriim Bakadish Barhu. Vigam Lahaalos es Yisrael Mehatuma. It was also to bring the Jews up. Al Yedea Karasa Bahabore Yisbarak Shemo. Bibekinas Nasatali Recha Neslahis no says. The Jews also the Jews also were supposed to be inspired. And that's how it was a process for them too. It wasn't a one time boom. Give away Avodah Zarah. No. But after seeing ten Makos, that they were not subject to, all of a sudden they start thinking, well, now I remember. Now I remember what the, the, the transmission, the Mesorah that we have. Line 21. Even though it didn't really help the Egyptians so much. But slowly, slowly, the heart of the Jew was opened up. Until they were ready to be makabalo machos shemayim and to separate from Avodah Zarah. That was the; those were the makas, and that was the purpose, and that's how they were able to get away from Avodah Zarah. Now, says Rabbi Schwab, we understand the emphasis of these two pesukim as an introduction to Achodesh's alachem, which is about what? Which is about becoming my nation, ruling over time, setting the calendar, fulfilling carbon pesach. How could they do that? How could they automatically go from a nation of idol worshippers to a nation that was a Chodesh It didn't happen overnight. What happened? Right? What do these Psukim say now? Now we understand it. How were they able to do it? Skip a couple of lines. Line 33. These two Psukim are an introduction. Power is not going to listen. Power is not going to listen. What's the emphasis? But the Jews are going to listen. Power says it twice. I'm bringing Osos and they're not going to get the message. But the Jews are getting the message. Again, 
Pirish, Aval Abne Yisrael, Ho'il Vizahu, Vios Muchanim Lakabal Mitzvah Zakarish Parachu. Right after Chodesh Azalachem, it's right after the Psukim that emphasize Paro is not listening, but the Mashmaus, what we're supposed to learn from that is that, but the Jews did listen. They got the message, and thus they were ready for Hachodesh Azalachem. Okay. Paragud base. The Parsha of Hachodesh Azalachem, the Pesach Laning, and. Let's focus on a well-known Chazal towards the end of the parak. After we have a lot of the halachas given, Pasuk Yuzayin, Ushmartem es hamatzos. Guard the matzah. Ki be'etzam ayom hazeh, because on this day, Hotzeisi esibo seichem eres mitzrayim. I took you out, Ushmartem es ayom hazeh l'doro seichem chukas olam. And you shall guard this day, chukas olam. Guard the matzahs. Guard the matzahs. Says Rashi, guard the matzos, shelo yavo'u lidei chimutz. Make sure they don't become chametz. That's the pashtus, right? Don't let it become chametz. Mikan amru, that's why we say Rashi, says, tofach totosh b'tzonein. If you see some type of leavening happening, put it in water quickly. Don't let it rise. Okay? Guard the matzah. Don't let it become chametz. Reb Yoshia Omer. Reb Yoshia says, though, and it's quoted at the beginning of source 7, altihi koreas hamatzos, Ella es hamitzvos. It could also be read mitzvah and not matzah. If we switch around the nekudos, that's why we mentioned in the past the radvaz in the tshuva says that's why the Torah does not have nekudos in it. So we can interpret it in many different ways. It would be limiting for the Torah to have nekudos in it. It makes it a little harder for the balkore. But that's why there are no nekudos in a Sefer Torah. We discussed that last summer. So says Rashi, in the name of Rabbi Yoshia, Alti Koreas Amatzos, Elas Amitzvos, Kiderech Shein Machmisen Atz Amatzos, just like we should not delay Matzos, Kach Ein Machmisen Atz Amitzvos. So too, don't delay Mitzvos, do not procrastinate by Mitzvos. Ela Im Baal Yadcha, Asei Ota Miyad. If it comes to your hand, do it right away. Do it right away. Guard the Matzos, guard the Mitzvos. Guard the Mitzvos. Says Rav Moshe Feinstein in the Drash Moshe, mitzvos are compared to matzah. Says Rav Moshe, let's think about that comparison a little deeper. Why out of all the mitzvos? Yes, okay, same letters, that's why you darshan mitzvos and matzahs, but maybe there's something more inherent and more content connection. Says Rav Moshe, af shemasek kederach she'imachvizin etzah matzah, kach ha'imachvizin etzah mitzvah. Do it right away. Let's think about what the Pasuk means. What does the Pasuk mean? Make sure there's no chametz inside. That means I can't just assume. I can't just like have it done and then, okay, there's probably no chametz there. No, I have to actively be involved making sure no chametz comes in. Line 7. Even if it's clear that there's not going to be any chametz, ain't yotz in yedei mitzvah, kishen is damein shalom nech mitzvah. Matzah should be. Right? You're not yotz in matzah where you're pretty sure, and you know there wasn't any chametz, but it wasn't guarded. That's not called shmura matzah. Shmura matzah means I'm always focused on it. And I'm not just letting it, the result come without my constant activity. 
Like certain loaves, doughs, the Gemara talks about of non-Jews. That we know there was no chametz in there. So maybe you could eat it on Pesach if there's no chametz, but that's not matzah's mitzvah. That's not real matzah. Says Ramoshe, if that applies to matzah, that also applies to mitzvos. Mitzvos need to be focused on. Mitzvos aren't just about getting it done, yet yeah, it happened. It happened, that's good. No. Mitzvah says Ramosha Srichos Kavana. Just like Matzah, Srichos Kavana, for Matzah's Mitzvah, so too Mitzvosh. Shevin is Damena Mitzvah, below Kavana, Vasia lo Yatza. To whom a Korva had the Mitzvah Srichos Kavana. Mitzvahs require Kavana. To Gamze Ose, Lahachshiv Kinaseb Kavana, Uba Machshava the Mitzvah. Veloraction is Damenze. Mitzvahs can't be just actions that I happen to be involved in. It happened to work out. No, no, no. I have to actively want it to work out and make it work out. And then he has a big chiddush. Even according to the Manda Amar, who says mitzvahs ain't srichas kavana, which is a machlokas tanoim and a machlokas amaram and a machlokas rishonim, even according to the opinion that your yotzi the mitzvah even without having kavana, says Moshe, it's not that you really don't need kavana. Tzarich Lomar says Ramosha, no, no, no. You always need kavana. Mitzvahs don't work if they just happened. You always need kavana. Aye, what if somebody doesn't have kavana? Why does it work? Because we assume that deep down every Jew has kavana. Deep down every Jew wants to do the mitzvah that they're involved in. After all, if you have, a mitzvah, if you have kavana not to be yotze, you're not yotze. So you see that there is a kavana element that's required. Says Ramosha, line 17, even without Kavana, but it must just be, because it's automatic Kavana, based on, something that we mentioned three times already in the past six years, the Rambam and Ilchaz Gerashin, that deep down every Jew wants to do the right thing, but sometimes his Yitzhahara is overcoming and beating him up, so we have to beat up the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara is beating up this Jew because he's wants to do the right thing and he's not doing it so we can beat up the Sahara and then the true Jew, the Pintel Yid, comes out. He always wants to do the right thing. That's the Rabbah Menuchah's Gerashit in source number 8 that, uh, that we've quoted in the past. And that's why says Ramosheh, that's the connection to mitzvahs and matzahs. Just like matzah needs to be focused on and not just done, beli kavana, so too mitzvahs. So too mitzvahs. And then he continues with the comparison and says... In the world of matzah, we have to get rid of everything that does not allow us to have matzah, like chametz. We have to search and destroy every chametz because that is the antithesis of matzah. So too, we have to search and destroy anything that is the antithesis of mitzvos. And we have to do vidika, and we have to search, and we have to do biur, and we have to destroy, and we have to do bittel. Says Ramosha, we have to nullify. What, what, what does bitl mean? We have to say it's like the dust of the earth. We have to look at the world around us. And sometimes we think certain, certain actions are so important and so chashuv. Covet amaduma. Right? Covet that is so fleeting. We think. And we have to be mavatalit and say it's nothing. And say it's like the dust of the earth. It's meaningless. We have to realize what's important in life, says Ramosha. Bidika, bitl, biur, to make sure we're on the right track. That is, ein machmitz in Ramosha says, realize the connection between matzah 
and matzah and mitzvah. Matzah and mitzvah. Just and just one uh, parenthetical that I just thought of. Again, we mentioned this in a, in a Shabbos Shuvah a couple of years ago, and that is the pashas of the pasuk. Emach mitzin, right? Don't delay. It's a great little ha'ara on the Gemara in Shabbos Peches that talks about the kavalem hakagigus maimat arsinai. Hashem held the mountain over us and said, "I'm going to make you an offer that you that you can't refuse." Accept the Torah. And if not, I'm going to drop it on you. And Shamtei Kfuraschem. There's going to be your burial. Ask all the Mepharshim, Shamtei Kfuraschem? Kantei Kfuraschem. Here. Should be, here's your burial. Not there. What's there? Different Shatim given, but the one we mentioned, that's related, Sham. If you want to accept the Torah now, and you're ready, and you're doing it now, and you're committed to do it now, fine. Mutav. If not, if you say, maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. I, I, it's a great idea, God, but you know what? Come back to me later. Shun the attitude of then. Then, y'all yeah, do it then. Procrastination. Take for us. And that's the end of the Jewish people. Because we have to do things. We have to do it right away. If we have an idea, we want to do a mitzvah, we want to do Torah, we want to do chesed, we want to do tzedakah, any of them, we have to do it right away. Okay. Moving right along, source number nine, let's now get to the Makas Bacharis itself. I might have mentioned this thought in a Haggadah shir in past years, but uh, I don't think we mentioned it in Parshas Bo. Maybe we did, but uh, I don't think so. But either way, we'll mention it again. It's the well-known Gra. The Gra points out that the Pasuk says in Pasuk Yudbeis, describing Makas Bacharos, Ba'abar Hashem Lengofes Mitzrayim Hashem passed through Egypt. V'ra'as Adam Alamashkov V'yashteya Mezuzos and he sees the dam on the lintels and on the doorposts. Ufasach Hashem ala Pesach. And Hashem passes over the Pesachs. V'lo mashchis. And he does not give authority to the mashchis, to the malachamavas, the mashchis. Lavol patechem lengov, to do anything. Didn't let the mashchis, the malachamavas, have any power on Am Yisrael. Right? Didn't let him have any power. Kaddish Baruch Hu only let him kill the Egyptians and not the Jews. Ask the Gra, don't we say in the Haggadah that Makas Bechoros is Ani Velo Shaliach? It's only me, Akadosh Baruch Hu says. Only me. Ani Velo Malach, Ani Velo Shaliach. Right? So what kind of mashvis is here? That Akadosh Baruch Hu did it himself. Did it himself. Says the Gra, Akadosh Baruch Hu did it himself. But there were some people whose time came. On the night of Pesach, naturally, they were their 120th birthday was on the night of Pesach. There were some people that were supposed to die naturally that night. Hakadosh Baruch Hu couldn't have that because even if there was one Jew that died at Chatzos, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Baruch no, it wasn't. Look, there was a Jew that died. Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't let the Mashchis do his job. Hakadosh Baruch Hu did Hakadosh Bacharos, but the Mashchis, the one that was supposed to do his the regular job. Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't let him do it. Because there would have been a Chol Hashem. They wouldn't have. Even so, they didn't get the message. They started chasing a couple weeks later. But even so. Two more thoughts. Two more thoughts for the evening. One of them is just a Gemara. It's a Gemara. It's a story. You can think about whatever message you want from this. I'll give you one. A story, and then we'll end off with one Rav Yerucham. The story is in the Gemara, Mesech Hasanhedrin, Dapsadi Aleph. And the story quotes a Pasuk in our Parsha. That's why we're doing it. One time, the 
Mitzrayim, Egyptians, much later, in the times when the Greeks ruled the world, right? They brought the Jews to Alexandra's Mokdon. Right, is that which Alexander? One of the Greek rulers. Amrulo. So they complained. They had a din Torah with the Jews. They said to Alexander, The Jews borrowed a lot of stuff from the Mitzrayim. Tenu, lanu, kasef, v'zav, shenatatimimenu. They, they need to pay us back. They took, they took a lot. They emptied us out. Look, in their Torah. In their Torah, they emptied us out. Amar Gavia ben Chachamim. So there was a certain man that said, Tznuli rishus ve'eleich v'adoni mohem. Can I please go defend? Gavia ben Basisa asked, Lefnei Alexandrus, Im yinatzchuni. I'm just a simple man. So if they beat me, Amru lohem hedyot shebanu nitzachtem. So then you have nothing to lose because I'm just a simple guy. I'm a simple guy, so if they beat me, so, okay, you didn't lose. And if I could beat them, right, then you can play, you can say the Torah did it. Okay. So this Kaviyah went and said to Alexander, can I please have the floor? Yes, please. What's your proof that we owe you so much? From the Torah. Amalem says, okay, I have another Pasuk from the Torah. I have another Pasuk. Okay, can I, can I also quote a Pasuk? Sure. Umoshav b'nei Yisrael asher yashru b'mitzrayim shloshim shana v'abamei oshana. We were in Mitzrayim for 430 years. Tznulanu schar avoda. I don't think we ever got paid. I don't think we ever got paid. So let's work it out. 400 years, 430 years, 210 years. However it works out, times 6 million. So... Could you just just when you pay us, we will give back the Kalim and everything that we took. Armalan Alexander's Mokdon. Alexander says to them, to the Mitzrayim, your turn. Amrulo, give us three days. We've got to think about this one. It's a tough one. Naslam Zman, Batku, and they did not have an answer. And they ran away. Adkan the story. Story about our parsha. You say it over. You think about what the message is. Are one message might be every we always view things in ways that we want to view them. No, a certain Sheba took place, but everybody has their own way of viewing events that occur. The Mitzrayim had their own warped way of viewing the events, and it was not objective. We have to try to be as objective as possible in our in our situations in life. It's one message, there are others. Feel free to discuss. I want to wend, end off with the Rabbeinu Yeruchim. Rav Yeruchim, Rav Yeruchim to take home with us. Look at the end of the Parsha. Rav Yeruchim points out a Rashi that is not famous. We all do the Rashi. We're Mavra Sedra. But it's a Rashi that we don't focus on. All the way at the end, Rashi and Perak Yud Gimel. We know the Parsha of Tefillin is at the end of the Parsha. Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Aleph. Vahaya kiviacha, right? One of the four parshios that are in our tefillin. Vahaya kiviacha, Hashem al ha'aretz ha'kanani, Hashem will bring you to the ha'aretz kanan. Asher nishba l'cha v'la'avu secha, that he has sworn to give to you and to your forefathers. V'unisan alach, and he will give it to you. Vahavarta kopeta rechem, and you go through the mitzvahs of Bidina ben and tefillin. Okay. What do the last two words mean here in Pasuket Aleph? When you go into Eretz Canaan, as he has sworn to you and to your forefathers, unisan alach, and he will give it to you. What do those two words mean? Rashi, Unisanalach. Tehei be'inecha, kilu nitzanalacha bo'bayom. As if it was given to you today. That's what Unisanalach is. 
Feel like Eretz Kenan was given to you today. It shouldn't just be like a Yerusha. This Rashi sounds pretty familiar. Where have we seen this Rashi before? Elsewhere. Almost the exact same words of Rashi appear by Torah. Torah. Ki'ilu nitna hayom. We have to view Torah as if Torah was given today. It says of Yeruchim. This is about Eretz Yisrael. We mentioned last week. There's only two words in the Torah, two concepts that are referred to as a morasha. Torah and Eretz Yisrael. Here's the next second parallel. Only Torah and Eretz Yisrael get a chazal ki'ilu hayom. As if the Torah was given today, as if Eretz Yisrael was given to you today. What's the message? Says Rabbi Yeruchim. Every Jew has a connection to Torah. Every Jew has a connection to Eretz Yisrael. Just like every Jew has to constantly renew their connection to Torah, every Jew has to constantly renew and reinvigorate their connection to Eretz Yisrael. And we can't say, Yerusha Sa'avos, yeah, it was given, Amir. No. Says Rabbi Yeruchim, line 20, so he explains based on a medrash, it's what I mean, we've had it for years. We've also had the Torah for years. But the Torah has to be exciting. Eretz Yisrael has to be exciting. We have to make sure that we have this attitude, and he ends off with the last three words, Vadvarim Mavhilim Viniflayim. The words are awesome and amazing and wondrous. Because the Torah parallels Torah and Eretz Yisrael. Our connection to Torah and Eretz Yisrael has to be constantly alive, constantly renewed, invigorated, and something that never gets stale and never gets old. He wrote something that we should be zochah, to always have this feeling of renewal and feeling of, of chidush in all the areas, in both these areas of our life.